Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Monday, and we are posting an instant classic for your inspiration. This message may come from anywhere around the globe, but is sure to stay with you for years to come. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Praise God. It is truly a privilege and a blessing to be here with you uh, in this El Paso church. Uh, It's just an honor. Uh, Never in my wildest dreams did I think I would be standing here um, before you. God's good. It was always told to me, you stay saved long enough and stay faithful. You'll see God do some pretty amazing things, and he's still amazing me. And so uh, I want to encourage you. If you're visiting here this morning, as you're turning to Ezekiel 46, if you're visiting this morning or you're a new convert, you've never been part of a revival, I want to encourage you to come to every service tonight. And then throughout the week, every service will be a different service, uh, God doing different things. Uh, you know people that are sick in pain uh, in their bodies. Uh, I want to encourage you to bring them. Uh, we will see God bring healing uh, and deliverance in people's bodies. Uh, and God's going to help us. Uh, Ezekiel 46. Before we move on, though, there are people here this morning. You came to church. And I know that there are people that didn't, couldn't make it this morning. But you are suffering with migraine headaches. There are other people, it feels like a device that is squeezing upon your head, and not only in a headache or a migraine, but in the the demonic realm of confusion. And then there are also people here this morning, you made it to church, but you're sitting here and you're in physical pain. I want you to raise your hand if any one of those three bear witness with you. Amen. Church, I want you to stretch out your hands towards those near you uh, that are around you that lifted their hands. Just lift up your hand real quick if if any one of those three 
bore witness with you. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I take dominion right now and I come against the spirit of witchcraft. I rebuke every word that would try to exalt itself against the people of God, against this church, against this revival. I come against every form of sickness and infirmity and pain and I command it to leave right now. The blood of Jesus Christ sets them free and makes them whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Ezekiel 46. There was a man by the name of Devin Graham who was released from serving his jail time at approximately 12.30 p.m. He went to the, uh, the office of his public defender, the lawyer who was set to defend his case. She was not in her office. So instead of waiting for her to return, Devin thought it would be a good idea to break the window of her office and steal her purse. Not one hour after being released from jail for burglary and theft, he was back in jail for burglary and theft. He went into jail and came out of jail doing the exact same thing, not learning his lesson. He didn't change. I thought of this story of this man, and we can sit and laugh and think how foolish or how silly. Didn't you learn your lesson? How come you didn't change when you came out? And this can be a good picture of you and I, if we're not careful, of how we can view, how we can attend. And if we're not careful, we can leave church this way as well. It's very possible to leave church the exact same way we came in. In our scripture that we're going to read, Ezekiel receives instruction, practical instruction for the flow of traffic in the temple on how they should come and how they should leave. But I want to take this practical instruction that Ezekiel received for the flow of traffic and applying it to our lives spiritually because it has application this morning of how our lives should come into church and how our lives should be able to leave every time we come into church. As believers, we should come in and leave church changed and meeting an unchanging God. In Ezekiel 46, verses 8 through 10, when the prince enters, he shall go in by the way of the vestpool of the gateway and go out the same way. But when the people of the land come before the Lord on the appointed feast days, whoever enters by the way of the north gate to worship shall go out by the way of the south gate. And whoever enters by the way of the south gate shall go out by the way of the north gate. He shall not return by the way of the gate through which he came, but shall go out through the opposite gate. The prince shall then be in their midst when they go in, and he shall go in, and when they go out, he shall go out. I want to preach a sermon this morning entitled, Leaving Differently Than You Came. Let's look firstly at the unchanging prince. The unchanging prince in our text is a great picture of who God is and his position in our lives and his position in the church. The foundation of who we are is a people with faith in an unchanging God. Everything else around us may change. Our circumstances may change. This world may change. But one thing that will always remain the same is God himself. His character, his attributes, his nature will never change. In Malachi chapter 3 verse 6, he says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Can you say amen? 
Thank God he doesn't change his mind like you and I can change our mind from morning to evening. Thank God he doesn't change his mind about us when we fail or we go through things or make bad decisions in life. He doesn't change his mind about our lives. He doesn't change his mind about his love, about his justice, his mercy, forgiveness, his grace, his holiness. Who God is, is completely complete in all things. He is not part mercy, forgiveness, and part justice, and we're hoping that mercy wins. He's not love and holiness, and we're hoping that love wins. In the text, we see the position of the prince, which again, remember, is a picture of who God is. The position of the prince is the exalted one. He is the exalted one in his position in the temple. His coming and his going never changes. Ezekiel 46 verse 8. When the prince enters, he shall go in by the way of the vestibule of the gateway and go out the same way. This is the, the amazing blessing of God as you sit here in this place. Is that his power is never changing that we can come into this place broken. We can come into this place lost. We can come into this place making a mess out of our lives with no answer to look forward to. And we can come and meet with a God who has the power to change our lives because his power and his love, his grace and his mercy never changes for us. He remains the same. God's plan for the church is also unchanging and unmoving. Ephesians 2 verse 20, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. Isn't this the amazing thing of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that we can live our lives and as we live our lives, we may get off-centered. We may have some bumps. We may have some trials. We may have some things that we go through, but we can always look back to that cornerstone, that gospel of Jesus Christ that doesn't change, doesn't change and we can quickly find ourselves where we are and if we need to align ourselves back with the gospel, back with the truth, we can. There's nothing else like that in the world. The point is, is if you will come to church, if you'll come to church, especially if you're a new convert, especially if you're visiting church and revival and church for a whole week might be so new to you and you've never have experienced that. But let me tell you something. You will come into this place. God is faithful to come into this place and meet with you right where you are. I may not know where you are. I may not even be able to relate to your story or to comprehend what you are facing or what you are going through. But there is a God in heaven who told Moses when he was in the wilderness that I have heard the cries. I've heard the cries of the people. In Egypt. Let me tell you something you're visiting here this morning. The tears and the cries and the fear and the anguish and everything that you're feeling and you're going through in life. Uh, no one else may have heard or seen those things. But there's a God in heaven who has. And there is a reason and there is a purpose that you have come into this place this morning. The point is if you'll come to church, God will meet with us. 
even for the local church, God changing us, God molding and shaping us, challenging our hearts every single time. Thank God for revivals. Uh, we need them and they are great and, and God helps us. But God has the ability to come into every one of our services to bow his heavens and meet and speak with us right where we are every single time. In Luke's gospel 9, 33 through 36, then it happened as they were parting from him that Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were fearful as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son. He him and when the voice had seized Jesus was found alone I like this scripture because it's a great picture of the of the opportunity that you and I have every single time we come into the house of God is to leave knowing that we met with an unchanging God with a God who has all the power to change everything in our lives let's look secondly then at different than you came there was a woman by the name of Misty Larson, 30-year-old mother. She was facing criminal charges for punching her son. On the judge's orders, she had to start attending anger management classes. But she wasn't attending these anger management classes for punching her son. This was something she was having to do for something she had done previously. So while she's attending these anger management classes, something happens at home and she can't control herself and just punches her son out while she's already facing charges. What is the practical truth out of Missy Larson's life for you and I? Attendance alone doesn't guarantee change. We can come into the church and we can leave the church the exact same we came in if we're not careful. Opposite is what should happen. But if we're not careful, we can come and leave the same. In our text, the prince enters and he exits every time. But the people do not. In verse 9 of our text, But when the people of the land come before the Lord on the appointed feast days, whoever enters by the way of the north gate to worship shall go out by the way of the south gate. And whoever enters by the way of the south gate shall go out by the way of the north gate. He shall not return by the way of the gate through which he came, but shall go out through the opposite gate. Here is the amazing thought of God and his love, his compassion, his grace for our lives. Is it doesn't really matter how you walk in that door. But what matters more is how you're going to choose to leave that door. God has already responded to you. He's responding to you right now. Will you choose to respond to him? Because you can come and meet him, giving your life to Jesus, surrendering your life. Church, we can come to this altar and God can come down and meet us right where we are. It doesn't matter how we come, but we can leave differently than we came. Church, we must catch this. Is that church should change our lives. However, I believe there is a right approach to a few things that help us prepare for coming into the house of God and leaving changed than we came. The first thing I want to look at is the prayer room. Both pastors mentioned and referenced the prayer room, the importance, the necessity of the prayer room. 
but the prayer room can be very unattractive when the prayer room isn't approached correctly and it's approached incorrectly. The prayer room is not just for people to come and pray for the service, but you can pray for your brethren in church. You can pray for that new convert. You can pray, amen, listen, church, for that visitor that you don't even know is going to walk through the doors tonight and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And as we come together, join believing in prayer. God, let your heavens be bowed down into this place. Let your presence come down. Meet people in their broken place of life. Bring salvation, deliverance in people people's hearts and in people's minds you and I as a people as a church we have an ability to come together joined before his throne in prayer and to establish a presence of God in this place so God can come down with a liberty and move in this place it's also a place where we prepare our own hearts especially during revival casting off the things of the day that we have faced and we have gone through making God our number one focus. The second thing is the song service, the worship service. We must approach worship in the right way. One of the things in the religious world is the religious world has turned the song service into a spectator sport, meaning it's something that you come in and you observe and you watch the worship team rock out and cheer them on. But the team up here to, uh, that is uh, leading worship service and the song leader uh, is just uh, helping lead the congregation into worship so the focus can be upon God, not them. It's all about who God is. Think of the songs that we sing. We sang a song about his blood the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed, his blood that washes us clean, white as snow, that the Bible says that he's faithful and just to forgive us of all that we've done by his blood. The preaching of the word of God then is next. The point of preaching is to establish the truth in hearts. Not thinking of how good the sermon was, or thinking of who the sermon would be good for. You ever seen people in church drop amen bombs? You know what an amen bomb is? Is when you think the sermon's for someone else and you're like, and you give them the look as you say amen. Amen. You're dropping amen bombs everywhere but you. I was at a rally one time standing in the back after Pastor Greg had preached. I was there attending with people from my church and stood back there beside my pastor and I said, Pastor, that was a great sermon. My people needed that. And he put his arm around me and he said, not that you didn't need it, J.W., right? <laughs> I felt like going to the altar and having another altar call service. Forgive me, Lord. The preaching is to establish the truth inside of our hearts. Where am I in this? How do I apply this? What do I need to do? The fourth is the ultimate and the pinnacle of everything we do as an altar call. It's the pivotal point in the, in, the, in the service. It's where we come and we lay some things at the altar that need, to be, that need to be sacrificed and laid at the altar and left at the altar. It's where God comes down and does more 
than anything God can even do in the middle of service during the preaching. It's where you come to get along with God. It's where everything comes together from the prayer room to worship, to hearing and the receiving of the preaching of the word of God. And now you're coming to an altar space, a place where you're responding to what God has spoken to you and dropped into you and ministered to you and given you hope for you can come and meet with him. So when we don't engage in these things, when we just come, when we just spectate, when we don't really ask, how does this apply to me? Where am I in this? When we don't respond to the altar, we shouldn't be surprised when things don't change. But if we will, we will see God change things in our lives. I want to close, lastly, with the power of gathering. Believers in Jesus are the people that have been called from darkness to light. And here is why the church is so much more unique than any other gathering in the world that you can come into. More different than any other atmosphere of gathering in a club, a lounge, a meeting, a, a gathering of speech uh, is because the church is the ecclesia. It is the name in the Old Testament, uh, the Ecclesia, the called out ones. Uh, and every time the Ecclesia was called out, it was to be gathered together uh, so God could come down in their midst uh, and begin to minister to them. Uh, that's what God wants to do, not just this week, uh, but in every church service uh, that the doors are open, uh, is that his people would come uh, and not just hear pastor and not just hear an evangelist, uh, but that God would be able to come down and begin to speak and minister into your life. There's power that comes in the gathering. In verse 10 of our text, the prince shall then be in their midst when they go in. He shall go in. And when they go out, he shall go out. God will show up when we choose to come together and meet with him. When we choose to come and pray and invite him into this place. When we choose to make him our focus, when we choose to open our ears, to open up our hearts, the hearing and the receiving, when we choose to respond to him, to meet with him in this altar, he responds and he'll be in this place. Psalms 23 verse, or 22 verse 3, in the King James it says he inhabits, in the New King James it says, but you are wholly enthroned in the praises of Israel. What we see corporately, we cannot see alone you and I we all need the church we need one another and what we are able to experience to see and to watch God move together and join together as a congregation we will only see join together the reality of our fellowship is we believe in the power of the local church you know I've had the privilege of hearing amazing stories of missionary churches. As a kid, I remember my father sharing a story in the Philippines. He's evangelizing. He goes to this popsicle stand where this guy is having church. The dude is selling popsicles. He finishes up his business and wheels out these ice chests. The pastor walks in and begins to set up a few chairs, set up a speaker, set up a microphone. And he said, there was a popsicle stand just an hour ago, and now it's a church, and there was a handful of people there, and they were crammed in there, standing out around the outside. And he said, the presence of God came down in a popsicle stand. 
Why? Because the people of God came together. And because they chose to come together, he came in their midst and came down and met with them. Oh, church, what God would do this week is beyond me. It's beyond us. There are things that we need God to do that we know no other answer for. And it's going to be in this place that God meets with you. It's going to be in this place that God ministers to you. You don't want to miss what God wants to do. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for listening to this episode of the VBPH Sermon Podcast. When you listen to these inspiring messages, you are helping to send missionaries from the Chandler Bible Conference in September. If you loved what you heard, please send this message to someone that needs to hear it. Then leave us a review using the links in the show notes so that everyone who wants to find this podcast will see it when they search for it. We cannot thank you enough. See you next time.